Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. I've got a mission for you on uh, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm going to be recording an episode, actually, I think four episodes of Breaking the Panel, uh, which is a never-ending discussion of all things fandom, like movies and TV shows and video games and stuff like that. If you want to come and watch live, head on over to twitch.tv slash media. That's GSTU as in Giant Size Team Up Media. Uh, and if you want to subscribe to the podcast after the fact, uh, or to listen to it after the fact, then go to anchor.fm slash breaking the panel. That's anchor.fm slash breaking the panel. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. I hope to see you guys there. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about Rogue Company just a little bit more. We will, of course, discuss the Giga Leak a little bit, and we've got some games kind of shuffling around as to which platforms they are on. Uh, we've got those stories and probably a little bit more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. <laughs> Let's get started with a reminder. This is your reminder that the podcast awards, uh, the nomination process is happening right now. But guess what? On the 31st of this month, that's it. No more uh, nominations will be available. So if you have not already nominated Nintendo Switchcraft or 143 Pixels, whichever show you like better, and you want to help me out and get my shows nominated for uh, Best Gaming Podcast at the Podcast Awards, please go to podcastawards.com. It'll take you about 10 minutes to do. Uh, I really appreciate everybody that's already done that. Uh, you guys are amazing. We've been nominated. This show has been nominated two years in a row. Haven't won yet. Would be amazing to win this year or to even just be nominated again. And it would be also pretty fantastic if 143 Pixels was also nominated. Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Rogue Company. I talked about my initial impressions after playing like one or two matches the other day. And the more time that I've spent playing this game, the, the less that I like it. And that's not to say that it's a bad game, because it's not a bad game. I think that it's a very good example of the kind of game that it is, which is a Counter-Strike-like game. Now, of course, they have like special abilities, which makes it a little more Overwatchy than Counter-Strike-like. Um, you know, I made the reference of calling it a poor man's Valorant recently, um, because that's, that's, that's kind of high res's, um, shtick. They take a, a, a game, uh, that's already out there and they make their version of it and they make their version of it, uh, free to play and they make their version of it just not quite as polished as the other stuff. Now, of course I, I mentioned before that I haven't played Valorant, so I don't really know, if it's less polished, but I've watched Valorant gameplay and I've played Rogue Company and 
Valorant looks to me to be more polished than Valorant or than Rogue Company does. However, I've been I, I've played a few more matches and I've come to the conclusion that this is not a game for me. And it, like I said, doesn't mean that it's a bad game. It just means it's not a game for me. And here's the reason why. I very much like games. Okay, when you're playing a single-player game, this kind of goes out the window and is not as nearly as important. But when you're playing an online competitive multiplayer-style game, it's very important that you get the time to kill or as I or TTK right. Um, if the time to kill is too low, then the players will get killed and they won't even really know where the where the where the attacks were coming from if the time to kill is too long then you risk dragging out the fights to be too long and it kind of feels like you're constantly battling through sludge um getting a really really good time to kill is a very difficult thing for a developer to do uh, a really good example of a good time to kill in a uh, multiplayer uh, multiplayer style game would be Overwatch. Overwatch, to me, has a really good time to kill. You, you might start taking damage, and you have time to say, oh, the damage is coming from over this area. I can now react to it, and I have a chance to fight back. But it doesn't it doesn't drag out the fights so that they're super long as you're slowly plinking away at each other's health. I think Overwatch kind of found, of course, it's Blizzard, and they 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 are the kings of figuring out these kind of things and getting things polished. But you know, they were able to figure out the time to kill ratio that was perfect for me. I think Overwatch has a great time to kill ratio. Um, when I played Rogue Company, oftentimes I get killed way too quickly. And that doesn't mean that it's that it's bad. It just means it's a game that I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time playing because I don't like to spend time dead in a game. Now, in relation to this, um, if you look at the genre that they are going for, it makes perfect sense that they have a very low TTK. Um, it's coming from Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike always has had a pretty low TTK. You know, you take a couple of bullets and you're done. That's it. And then you're watching while your team tries to win the round. And to balance this out, the very low TTK in Rogue Company is completely balanced by the fact that the rounds are over insanely quickly. So you're right back into the action pretty fast. But for me, it's kind of a deal breaker. Now, of course, you know my son had heard about Rogue Company and he asked me about it. And I said, actually, I think you'll really like it because that's kind of his jam. He likes competitive shooters like that. Uh, he especially likes third-person competitive shooters. So I recommended it to him. Uh, and he's like, well, it's it's 20 bucks or 30 bucks or however much it is. I can't remember right now. And I said, well, it's going to be free-to-play at some point in the future. So why don't you hold off and, and you know, because he has some some eShop money that he had gotten for his birthday that he still has been holding on to and not spent yet. 
And he said, well, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait until it goes free to play because that way he doesn't invest into a game which uh, he finds disappointing. Kind of like he did with um, Rocket something. Not Rocket League because Rocket League's awesome. What the heck is this? Uh, Rocket, somebody in chat will remind me. It's an EA game, Rocket something. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, he bought that game and doesn't really like it as much as he thought he would. Uh, so I'm glad that Rogue Company is going to be a free-to-play game. Of course, Bowser13 in chat said Rocket Arena. That's the game I was looking for. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that it's going to be a free-to-play game. I think that this is a, the kind of game that would be fun in very small doses for me, but other people are going to be playing this and they're going to love it especially if they are people who are very good at shooters and like that that kind of really, really low time-to-kill ratio. Pitfall, a jungle adventure game designed by David Crane from Activision. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One of the advantages of doing a show live is that chat can tell you when things are brand new. And I already had my show notes done for this episode. And uh, we had a chat member here, Fisto, who said, hey, hey, check this out. Um, there's a, a new tweet from Nintendo. Uh, so this this tweet came out uh, about 20 minutes ago. My show notes were already done. Uh, here's what they have to say. Uh, the next entry in the Nintendo vs. Summer Series of Events packs a punch. The ARMS North American Open August 2020 will run from, uh, from August 8th until August 9th, and the grand prize includes download codes for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Splatoon 2, and the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighters Pass Volume 2. And if you want to sign up, you can go to Battle com slash arms that's battle com slash arms or you can just go to runjumpstomp.com and check out episode 562 uh that there will be a link in there that will take you to the tweet that we're talking about so let's let's talk about this for a second i think that okay it's cool that, that Nintendo is trying to give a grand prize, you know, a, a, a prize to the winner. I talked about this in the past where I felt like, you know, there's not a monetary... The, the monetary value of winning these tournaments just isn't there. And I said that Nintendo needs to up their game. This is not what I meant. I mean, it's sure, it's awesome that they're like, hey, here's a download code for these games. A, that costs them absolutely nothing it doesn't cost nintendo anything to do that um they just give out a code and it's not like that they're going to really miss out on even a sale um what's better is if they give the winners money money is going to bring in people to participate in tournaments like this money is going to get people practicing and when they're practicing, they're going to stream that on Twitch or on YouTube or on Facebook gaming. 
they're gonna they're gonna stream that that practicing, and then people are going to see them playing that game, and they're gonna think, hey, that game actually looks pretty cool. Let me pick it up, and Nintendo will sell more games. But if Nintendo won't pony up the dough, then people like the big competitive uh, people aren't going to participate nearly as much. So I, I complained kind of about Nintendo's uh, prize before, which I believe it was like $10 worth of um, those eShop coins, which is like, okay, here's money, which again, doesn't like, <laughs> it generally is saying, here's here's money that doesn't cost us anything. Uh, you you just have to spend it on something for us. And most likely what would end up happening is somebody would turn around and then buy a game and use that as a discount. So Nintendo would actually make money on that. Uh, so I understand, I, I get what they're, that they're trying to improve things a little bit, but let's be honest here. How many people out there own ARMS but do not own Smash Brothers or Splatoon 2? I don't think that there's a lot of people out. Now, if ARMS was already out and Smash Brothers and Splatoon 2 were not out yet, then this would be, okay, that's kind of cool. And still, it's still only kind of cool. But it's kind of cool. But Smash Brothers Ultimate has been around for a while. Splatoon 2 has been out for nearly three, maybe over three years at this point. So the the odds are, if you wanted Smash Brothers Ultimate, or if you wanted Splatoon Two, you already have those things. So where's the motivation to bring people into this tournament? And somebody might say, well, you know, they got the Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighters Pass Volume Two. Cool. That's that's look. I don't think that that's a bad thing. But to have that. To have these be the only prize that you get for winning this tournament just tells me that Nintendo is still not serious about esports. And while I, I despise the term esports, I prefer competitive gaming. Um, Nintendo's not serious about competitive gaming because if they were, they would know you spend money on competitive gaming and it will increase the stature of whatever game that you are showing off it will generate sales for that particular game and there will be a halo effect not halo like in microsoft but halo like in the ringer it's a it's a marketing term uh there will be a halo effect that generates sales on your other properties as well so again it's a good tiny little step in the right direction, but it's such a small step that I, honestly, I, I don't know that anybody would really notice it. Okay, so the, the next thing that I want to talk about is, it, look, if you want to know all of the details about it, uh, just Google GigaLeak. I'm not going to point you in, in the direction. I'm not going to post it on my website, and I'll go into the, the reasoning why in a second, but uh, basically somebody has uncovered the source code for a whole bunch of uh, older games. Um, They have found models that were to be used on Super Nintendo as well as N64, 
they found a version of Luigi that was supposed to be in Super Mario 64. They found um, the original prototypes of Link that was supposed to be in um, A Link to the Past. Like, they found a lot of crazy stuff. They found a tool that one of the developers on Star Fox used in order to teach themselves uh, something about coding. Uh, They found animations that show Mario basically punching Luigi in the head in order to get... uh, Not Luigi. Punching uh, Yoshi in the head in order to get him to uh, stick his tongue out in Super Mario World uh, to... You know, in in order to do that particular, um, that particular animation, they have like there's tons and tons and tons of data uh, in this this leak, and it's it's pretty it's pretty likely that this stuff is all legitimate. Now. There's a there's a whole bunch of very very interesting stuff in here, and I'm not going to go over most of it. Well, for a couple of reasons. A, this is sh- supposed to be a pretty short show, and going through all of it is like it's it's too much, uh, and I think a a vast majority of people just really don't care about this old leaky stuff. Um, another reason that I don't want to go over it is because like, there have been episodes of this show where I have recorded and said, Bill, you did a crappy job on that episode, and I've just straight up deleted it and not put it out. Uh, there's been episodes of other shows where I've done that same thing. There's been episodes of 143 Pixels. Um, where I have recorded my intro before I get to the segment where I talk to the the guest, where I've recorded my intro like, I don't know, a thousand times it seems like. There's been episodes of 143 Pixels that I have recorded and thrown away because it just wasn't a good interview with that particular guest. Um, and that's actually happened a couple times, uh, where I was just like, you know what, this isn't up to the par that people need. And this leak is filled with lots and lots and lots of all of that stuff. Things that Nintendo had said, you know what, we've decided to go in a different direction. There's personal stories that, that are in this where people are talking about, like their personal lives and, you know, traumatic childhood experiences through like an email with people. And so I don't think that this is something that I want to cover on this show. But as somebody who's, I don't want to say job, but hobby is to cont- uh, to cover Nintendo news, it's obviously hard for me to just ignore this and move on. So what I will say is that there's there's some very very interesting stuff in here like um there was <laughs> there was a, a Pokemon game that was coming to PC uh which is kind of bananas and you could also interact with it through the GBA I guess 
Uh, there's there's tons of crazy sprites and stuff in here, like the prototypes for what characters used to look like. And it's super interesting, but there's also stuff in there that some people, that people should just never, they should never have seen the light of day. And it's too bad that all of this stuff got leaked. Uh, I'm not saying that that the leakers have done a bad thing, uh, because you know what, there is stuff in here that is very interesting, and I'm sure that people are going to comb over it for a very, very long time. And because there's source code, uh, people can use this stuff to make better emulators, which is an incredibly gray area. Uh, you know, it's not for me. Emulator emulation has never been a black and white issue. It's always been a very gray area issue. So, like on one side, it's bad that the source code is leaked because it'll make better emulators possible. And then on the other side, it's great that this stuff has been leaked because it'll make better emulation possible. Um, because that's it's a gray area for me. Um, anyway, the real jar in chat has said ramble mode activated, and he's got a very good point. So uh, if you want to know more about it, just Google uh, GigaLeak, and you'll find a, a, an absolutely insane amount of information about old Nintendo stuff, which is really cool, but also you know probably shouldn't have happened. That wasn't so bad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of the reasons that you want to show up to the live shows is because of all of the jokes that happen between segments. Uh, somebody just made a really funny joke about Ramble Packs, which I'm not going to tell you about because, hey, check out the live show, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp on Mondays and Wednesdays and on Fridays, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about Dragon Quest XI-S. I have seen some people who are irritated that Dragon Quest XI S is coming to the Xbox and PC. And w- look, Nintendo fans are not the only people who get upset about stuff like this. Uh, we've seen PlayStation uh, people get super angry that um, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, ended up coming to PC. Like they, they want their exclusive to remain an exclusive on their particular platform of choice. Now, Dragon Quest XI-S is the version of Dragon Quest XI that has the built-in retro mode. It has the updated music, which is symphonic instead of based on MIDI. It is a fantastic game, uh, plays very, very well on the Nintendo Switch from my experience with the demo. Of course, I also played it, uh, played the original Dragon Quest XI, on the PS4, it plays better there, but it doesn't have all of the features. And it was a Nintendo Switch exclusive, but now it's on the way to the Xbox. And there's a bunch of people who are irritated because now the the game that that they felt like, hey, this is an exclu- this is a third party exclusive for my platform of choice, 
is now on some other platform. And for me, I think, well, why don't, why? I don't understand this idea that people have that something only has value if nobody else can get it. Like that's a thing that, that I don't understand. I've never been able to, to grok that, uh, that line of thinking. Um, I still, you know, I, I had, um, Dragon Quest. I have, you know what? We'll switch to Horizon Zero Dawn. I have Horizon Zero Dawn on my PlayStation. I had a blast playing it. And then when it came to PC, I said, Hey, guess what? All of those people who don't have a PlayStation, now they get to play it. And guess what? Now all of those people who have an Xbox and they don't have a Nintendo Switch, now they get a chance to play the best version of Dragon Quest XI S. And because it's on Xbox and uh, PC, it's probably going to be even better than the version that was on the Nintendo Switch because the Nintendo Switch hardware is a little less powerful. So I don't understand why people are upset about it, but hey, what can you do? People get upset about things. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. Let's talk about a game that is on its way to the Nintendo Switch. We recently saw... Uh, at the Xbox event where they were talking about Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, which is very confusing because Sega is saying it's uh, like an expansion to Fantasy Star Online 2. And the people who have a lot of experience playing Fantasy Star Online 2, they're like, this doesn't seem like an expansion. It seems like a new game. So I assume Sega knows what the hell they're talking about. But uh, that game is coming to Xbox, but it's also coming to Nintendo Switch. Now, before... Uh, hold on. Put your wallets away. Calm down. It's only coming to Switch in Japan. And you might ask, well, wh- oh, come on. How come? Why is it only coming in Japan? Don't they know that we like RPGs as well? Well, the reason uh, that this game is only coming in Japan is because Fantasy Star Online 2, already on the Switch in Japan... Okay, so New Genesis is also going to come in in Japan, but the the version that's on the Switch is a streaming version, meaning that you don't actually have the game installed on your Nintendo Switch. You are streaming it kind of like a Stadia or xCloud or um, um, NVIDIA uh, and, and cloud. I can't remember the NVIDIA one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You're streaming it to, like, it's a video that's streaming to you while you're playing it. Um, So, Fantasy Star Online 2, it's not really on the Switch. It's running on a server someplace. But that makes perfect sense because Fantasy Star Online 2 is an online game. You can only play that game when you're online. It's like an MMO. Why aren't they doing this in the States? I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, Shadow Wolf in chat is reminding me that Balan Wonderworld, which was also announced at the Xbox thing, not during the actual Xbox thing, but part of the pre-show, is also coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is cool. I mean, I watched it and I was like, I don't know what this is and I don't really care. It's not my kind of game, but uh, that one's also coming to the Nintendo Switch. 
Um, Persona 5 Scramble, speaking of games that are coming, that may or may not be coming to the, uh, the West, Persona 5 Scramble is apparently going to be localized for the West. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's basically, so Koei Tecmo makes these, uh, these games, they're called Musou games, uh, or Warriors games. Uh, good examples of these would be Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, and now we've got Persona 5 Scramble, which is the Persona version of the Koei Tecme, Tecmo Warriors games. Um, these are very button mashy, but also incredibly fun. I'm a fan of these games. Well, it is getting a planned Western release. This has been confirmed by Koei Tecme, Tecmo uh, financial report. So, uh, for those of you who are wondering about that, since we still don't have a persona game on the Nintendo switch, well, looks like we're going to very, very soon. And then the last thing that I want to mention before I wrap up the show is Suikoden, uh, the creators of Suikoden, which is a RPG series that I've never played. Uh, they're making a new game and there's a lot of people who are very, very excited about that. Um, it's coming to a bunch of platforms and a stretch goal because uh, they're kickstarting this. A stretch goal apparently is that it will come to Switch or <laughs> they say Switch Two. So it, I, look, this whatever whenever this this uh, Suikoden um, creators game, I think they're calling it Eodin Chronicle Hundred Heroes. When when this comes to uh, fruition in the future. It's going to be a long time before we have it. Now, speaking of Suikoden, I'm just going to mention real quick, I interviewed um, Casey Smithson from SwitchCast, not SwitchCraft, SwitchCast. I interviewed him about one of his favorite games of all time, and that was Suikoden 2 on 143 Pixels. So if you have yet to subscribe to 143 Pixels, what are you doing? Go check it out. It's super easy. All right. Just type in 143 pixels in your podcast app of choice, and you can subscribe to it on your favorite podcasting app. Or you can just go to anchor.fm slash 143. Let's get out of here. That about wraps it up for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Listen. Independent gaming uh, content like this is incredibly hard to uh, make and deliver. And so it would not happen without the support and help of our producers. This is everybody who is at the producer level or higher over on uh, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. In fact, just go to runjumpstomp.com. There's there's a whole bunch of links there that will help you out. But I want to thank our producers. Those are people who are like Paul, Bramlett, Orange, Thunder, Abigail, 13, Eric Smith, Jordan, Forbes, Matt Hadfield, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Trucker Paul, Brian Reese, Josephine, and Bustler. Thank you to each and every uh, producer and each and every patron. You guys are all fantastic, and I appreciate you. Uh, if you want to get to our Discord, there's over 1,500 people on our Discord waiting to talk to you. If you want to check out my Twitch channel, uh, th that's where we do the show live on Mondays and Wednesdays. If you want to check out my YouTube channel, uh, that's where we do the show live on Fridays. Uh, all of those places are all linked at runjumpstomp.com. That's runjumpstomp.com. 
com, and uh, there's a bunch of links on the left-hand side. You can go there and click on them. Do it! Uh, this show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. For more information, check us out at gstu.net. And let's get out of here with some really, really rad music by Noteblock. It's Cornarius Star Fox Remix. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.